Okay, tonight we have three amazing dads. They're gonna be bringing the word, I'm so excited. And uh, so what I'm gonna do is actually, they're all gonna have 10 minutes each and, and I'm, I'm gonna announce them all now so we don't have to start and stop. But uh, I would get ready to lean in. Uh, these guys have incredible wisdom and I'm so grateful they're a part of our family here at C3. So the first incredible preacher man is Mr. Werner Peters. Now, he's extra legit because his wife is, her due date's actually today. And this is baby number three, and they, they didn't find out, you guys. Ah, they don't know what they're having. Like, this is so exciting. So if, if anything strange happens on this side of the auditorium and he just bolts, we all know what's going down, okay? But Werner, I just want to say he's an incredible man. Him and his wife has, have overseen uh, one of our C3 Kids services for two years. They oversee the 10 a.m. service, doing an amazing job looking after all of our kiddos and teaching them the Word of God. It's incredible. And uh, one other amazing thing about Warner is that he allowed us at Central Campus to bring home the first place trophy at our Men's Emerge Conference. So he's like extra studly. And uh, our second amazing preacher is Pastor Tom Foster. Do not be intimidated by the size of the man and his biceps and his very strong jawline. He's very kind. He's very kind. He will not harm you. But he's an amazing man. And uh, he and his gorgeous wife also helps us oversee our kids' church. So just an amazing couple. He's an incredible dad of a gorgeous daughter and a little boy who has lots of energy. And... Um, yeah, he's just an, an amazing guy, and he operates really powerfully in freedom and deliverance. I don't know if you were here this morning, but um, that's a gift that he carries, and it's been such a blessing to us here at C3 Church Central Campus. And then our last and final preacher will be Pastor Kenny Robbins. Him and his gorgeous bride, Ashley, oversee our 12 o'clock service. They're so faithful. Anything I put in their hands, I don't have to worry about at all. Um, we love them. We've kind of adopted them as our sons and daughters, even though you're like 10 years younger, but that's okay. I can be your mother figure. It's all right. And John is like their father figure, and I love it. They're a part of our family. And um, I think Kenny is most famous uh, for his daughter, Dallas. <laughs> He became famous because of Dallas. Dallas is just like her mama. She's the queen of the world. So much personality, and they're raising such a, a beautiful, strong daughter, and I love you guys. So I would love if y'all would stand to your feet, get ready to lean in, to engage. We're gonna experience some power and transformation tonight. Let's welcome up Warner as he comes. <laughs> well, that was quite the introduction. I'm so excited to share with you guys tonight. Um, it's just, it's incredible what happens at this church. I'm constantly just learning more and, and seeing more things that God is teaching me, but it's because I'm planted. It's because I'm planted, not just planted in any house, I'm planted in this house. And there's power in this house. There's breakthrough in this house. There's victory in this house. 
And because of that, I just want to honor our pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor Jürgen and Leanne. That's right. Give him a shout. Give him a shout. They fight for us every day. They're on their knees for us every day. They're pressing in, not just in prayer, but they take action. All our pastors, Pastor Becky is constantly taking, taking over the city, taking back politics, taking back, like we don't hold back. They don't hold back. They're relentless. And I love that. I love that. I love that. I just want to honor you guys. Thanks so much. So let's do this. You guys ready? Awesome. Cool. So I want to take a few minutes and just share something that God's been doing in my life um, over the past year. And uh, my title of the message is Winning. That's right. Winning. Victory. Taking ground. Dominance. A good old butt whooping. What? Whatever you want to call it, but I want to walk away or have you guys and myself walk away tonight with just a reminder and a new fresh spirit of winning and victory in our lives. Um, God, is, God has created us to win. God has created us to take ground, to, to take dominion over everything that we set our foot on. Um, and I want to share with you guys, and it's something that came to me fresh in 2018. 2018 was kind of a, it was a different year. <laughs> it was a little bit tough, um, a lot of bit tough. But there was just things that happened in our lives as a family where we had crazy doctor's reports about our, our little girl. Um, we had some financial struggles uh, related to business like our business had one no after the next after the next it literally felt like it was this endless battle yet we knew that God gave it to us we knew that that, that God was involved in it but it was just it was a tough year of fighting um, but through all of that we just knew that that's not how God intended it to be like we were not going to settle for this constant um, resistance is what we felt so we, we just started a journey with God. We said, God, this, we know this is not of you. So help us, teach us, help us to grow through this. Help us to, to understand how do we live a life of winning. Um, and I'm not talking about winning once off or just the small wins. I want to live a life of winning, a life of constantly winning, constantly winning. Um, so I started 2019 with this mission just to turn things around. Um, so my word for the year is winning and uh, I've been declaring winning over our finances our relationships our marriage our business emerge um, <laughs> where are my boys <laughs> you know I had to plug that just just once um, I only have a year to like rub it in your faces so <laughs> anyways it's it's been this this thing that we're just walking it out with God um, and the beautiful thing is it just reminded me over and over and over that God created us to win he and I'm gonna go as far as saying that God has set us up to win he has set us up to win we just got to walk it out it's not this crazy battle of like oh how am I gonna win no God has set us up to win so through this journey God gave me like three little just nuggets that I'm kind of working through and holding on and, and making part of my life. And I just want to share those with you guys. Um, but first, let's look at Scripture. There's so many stories in the Bible about God's people winning. 
Um, but I want to look at Joshua 1, verse 7 through 9. So it says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That's point one. Be in alignment with God. Um, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then it keeps going. It says, then you'll be prosperous and successful. There it is. He's setting us up to win. Um, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. That's point two. We need an army of supporters around us. We need an army of supporters around us. Um, it keeps going. It says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. That's point three. We got to take action. We got to step into that victory. And the story goes on. I encourage you to go read Joshua. It's a powerful book. And Joshua just, man, dominated. He took over the promised land and then some and then some and then some. It was just never ending, just victory after victory after victory. So that is a story that I hold close to my heart. And that's just one that I remind myself of every single day um, or when I feel challenged. But the first point, be in alignment with God. There's just something different that happens when we set God first. Um, when we get on our knees, when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, when we put God first, we're actually building a foundation of success in our life. And that foundation is what's going to carry us. That's what's going to give us those victories in life. Um, and I, there was a little bit of me last year where there was, there was a bit of fogginess here and there. Um, and what happens when we're not putting God first, like your decision making is impaired, your vision is impaired. There's just, you don't behave the 100% that God's given you to be. All those talents that he's given you to be, it's like, it's like there's a the lid on it. Um, so be in alignment with God because what happened or what happened with me for a moment there in last year, I put the promised land before the one that gave me the vision of the promised land. And I'll say that again. So don't put the promised land before the one, our God, that gave you the vision of the promised land. God needs to be first ever, always, forever. Don't change that. So just, and it stinks saying that. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be up here like, yeah, there's a moment last year where I realized God had to like sit me down and be like, man, like you're struggling, but let's, let's look at why. So all it was is I just shifted focus. I was so, and I, I get zoned in. I, <laughs> I get zoned in, Jeff, you know. <laughs> so that's why I want to merge. But... <laughs> Um, but boy chap they're all here I love it so anyways I got so zoned in that I forgot about my my first love I forgot about the one that gave me that promised land so just want to remind you have stay focused on the promised land um, the second thing is have an army of supporters around you in Joshua it says over and over again be strong and courageous be strong and courageous and I know for me like it's so much easier to do that if I have people around me. My wife, 
my brother, my family, my friends, like a support system that helps me walk it out, that's there to encourage me, that's there to help me stay strong. Um, so just be encouraged, like find, find those people around you and be that for someone else too. Because the beautiful thing that happens is when you win, those around you, it's, it's like their win too. And, and when I'm supporting them and going, helping them go after their win, when they get that victory, it's encouraging to me. It's like my own win. And that's how God intended it to be. He intended for us to, to be a community of, of people that just keep taking ground, keep taking ground. And that to the world is powerful. They see that. They see that. They think, why? Why, are they, why do they keep winning? That's why. So have, find your people. Find your people. Um, the last one in Joshua, he talks about go. And earlier in that um, scripture, it, it talks about in Joshua 1 verse 3 it says I will give you every place where you set your foot I will give you every place where you set your foot where are you setting your foot are you taking action <laughs> it's we all get tired and that's okay but don't stay there don't stay there keep taking action and let God walk you through it let God be God is just there sitting up there waiting for us to take steps so that he can link arms with us and help us take that victory he is so ready for us to win god wants us to win there is no doubt about it in my mind i and i just want you to know that as we wrap this up i want you to let that sit with you and think through that and and go find your own version of what that looks like but make sure that you know who your heavenly father is and uh, Colin and Pastor Becky already shared so much um, on just God's our Father. He's for us. He loves us. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to win. And read your Bible because if you go look in the Bible, there is hundreds and hundreds of stories of God's people winning. I mean, look at Joseph. Joseph went from being in jail to being second in command to Pharaoh over all of Egypt. Moses stuttered, yet he set all the Israelites free. We have David, the murderer, the adulteress, yet he's known as the best king. He's known as the, the one after God's heart. Noah was a drunk, and yet he saved humanity. Like, I, the, Peter betrayed God, yet the church was built on Peter. So the last thing I want to leave you with, don't disqualify yourself. Don't look at your shortcomings. It's... It's not about our perfection or our perfect actions or steps, but it's reminding ourselves that God has created every single one of us with unique talents and gifts, and we just need to partner with Him and take that victory. Thank you guys for listening. Man, that was nice. Good job, Werner. That was awesome. Please be seated, everybody. All right. So, um, hey, real quick, I want to honor Pastor Jurgen and Leanne because seriously, without them, none of us would be where we are today. And um, yeah, and, and before we clap for them, and the reality is, is uh, there's no ceiling on what it is that you can do. I promise you, if you just get planted, you get plugged into what's going on here in this house. The sky is the limit. You are your only limiting factor because you have a heavenly Father who's not looking to limit you. And you have lead pastors who are not looking to limit you. So let's go ahead and give them some honor.
Sorry, I didn't know. Man. I told you he has so many muscles, he's like busting the buttons off of his shirt. <laughs> Seriously, it's just a child's extra large. That's the trick. You are, it says XL, but you get it at, did it go again? Dude, Leandro, why'd you let me leave the house in this thing? It's taking my time. Hey, does someone else just want to come and hold the button, the, the mic for me, just the whole time? I'm, I can get this with one hand. But hey, I also want to honor uh, Pastor John and Pastor Becky. They are amazing leaders. We love you guys. We love you guys. All right. All right, sweet. Let's get to it. So the, um, the title of my message is, okay, I've just got to keep it, keep it tight. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Quacha. I could do anything with your encouragement. All right, cool. Um, the title of my message is, If They Only Knew. And, and this comes from a perspective of like, and, it, and it's kind of been on the theme that we've been on literally all day. And Pastor Becky hit on it, Colin hit on it, Werner hit on it. But if you only knew what God thought of you, if you only knew how valuable you were, if you only knew what he's called you to do. So I got a couple of points in here. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's one of the things that's, that's crazy. It's, it's, you know, as we're in this religion rehab series, you know, the religious spirit does, tells you you're not valuable. You can actually go to a church and sit in a service and feel like, like God's mad at you. You know, like, 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 like God's not for you. Like he doesn't want you to win. And, I want, and, and the thing I want you to get out of this is to understand how valuable you actually are to him. Okay, so my first point is how valuable you are. So I'm gonna start with defining value, or at least my definition of value. Value is uh, the price that someone is willing to pay for something. So when I think about it, like um, we look at how we, so in order to understand God's value, let's understand what, how we determine value, our value. Normally it's wrapped up in like what we do, the friends we have, the stuff we have, or like most of the time our identity is wrapped in, and I said it at the beginning, what we do, but like the things that we're involved in. So first thing you, you, you kind of size a person up with is like what they do for work. So it's automatic judgment comes in. You know, from a worldly perspective, automatic judgment comes in if you're not doing something that's cool enough. You know, or if you're just a janitor, or if you're just working at a bank, or if you're whatever you are, it doesn't matter because it all depends on the other person's level. So it really doesn't matter. I mean, you could be an attorney, but if you don't like own like a law firm or you're not the first name on the partner sign out front, then yeah, you're not, you're not good enough. But I'll tell you, um, um, God determines value by what he was willing to pay for you. And he was willing to lay down his very best for your very worst. And you've all heard the scripture before, John 3, 16, but I'm gonna read it to you again. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You know, a lot of, we've heard that a lot. I mean, shoot, in, in wrestling, a guy used to put that up about himself or something like that. But, uh, but when you think about it, he gave his one and only son. Just think about that for a minute. Get, don't even focus on the fact that you, you, you have access to eternal life through him if you call Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Focus on the fact of what he gave for you. So that's each and every one of us. That's literally everybody on the world that he did that for. So when you think about that, like I think about it from the perspective of my father. I got a five-year-old and a four-year-old, and yes, Jackson is very energetic. You're right. That's right. Awesome. Yes. And he loves baby Dallas by the way, yeah, and he doesn't know Kenny's name, 
but he calls him Baby Dallas's daddy. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Awesome. But there's no way I'm sacrificing my kid for anybody. Not a chance. I've got two. You know what I mean? But, but God sacrificed Jesus, like, like and, and not just like, not just like a, an easy death, like a brutal death, like a, like a torturous death, like, like a death that like the, the most hardcore sinner would receive. So he gave that for you. So when we talk about the price he was willing to pay, that's what he was willing to pay for you. So when I start to, when I start to think about my value, my value doesn't come from what I do. My value comes from whose I am and what the, what the one who, who wanted to get me was willing to give up. So I want you just to take a hold of that, like in your heart. Just go, okay. You might have read over that a bunch of times and think, thank God I'm going to heaven. Thank God that, you know, I have eternity and I'm not going to be separated from God. That's awesome. But why don't we flip that and go, thank God for what you gave for me so I could live a life here on earth that's not just waiting to, like, go to heaven. You know, that's like, because he, he's got purpose. He's got something for you here on earth, each and every one of us. And we're, all, we're not supposed to be the same. So the other, other thing that, and just, 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 just little nuggets. I, I like to throw little nuggets of wisdom once in a while. One of the worst things we can do as a Christian is compare ourselves to somebody else. One of the worst things we can do as a human being is compare ourselves to someone else. Because the reality is, so the enemy will come in and try to trick you that your race is supposed to look like my race. So if you're trying to run my race, there's no way you're going to do it. Like, there's no way you're going to do it. Not that I'm better than you or anything, but you're not meant to. Just like if I try to run your race, I'm not meant to. We might have success. That was close. Wow. Is my button still good? Is my button still good? Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. Sorry, Henley. She's chilling. She's coloring. We're good. Yeah. Okay. You might, you might have an element of success trying to run my race, but it's never going to be fully satisfying because it wasn't what you were meant to do. So don't compare yourself to your neighbor or somebody else. You can, it's okay to look at people and be motivated and inspired. That's a positive thing. A negative thing is when you come and you look at that and you look at that and go, man, I don't have what they have. I'll never have what they have. Enemies like, sweet, win, awesome. Okay, now I want to talk just a little bit about how God sees you. If you only knew, now remember, these are all prefaced by the question of if you only knew. So if you only knew how God sees you. Number one, um, again, so we got to understand is how we think God sees us. We can go into a church and feel like God sees us as we're just sinners and we're never going to be good enough. We're judged, we're condemned, we're guilty, and we're just lucky enough to maybe be saved. Like that's it, okay? Maybe be saved if I do all these things right. So that's how, that's how we can get in. We can, we can look down, we can look and think like, God sees us, he's mad at me because of my past. He, he's disappointed in me. I'm a failure. I should have done so much more. And again, the enemy's going, awesome, win. That's how he operates. Well, let me tell you how God sees you. God sees you through the filter of Jesus Christ. So that what I just explained to you before, what he was willing to pay for you, for your, the, how much he values you, he sees you through Jesus Christ. So I, I, wanna, I wanna read a, um, a scripture out of Ephesians, it's Ephesians 2.10, and it says, for we are God's masterpiece, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God's masterpiece. How many of us think of, think of ourselves as a masterpiece? Awesome, I had one guy. You win, dude, 
You're awesome. You're good. You can, you're good, man. You, you don't even need to stay, man. It's going to be... Just kidding, brother. That's awesome. But seriously, that, that's awesome. I appreciate that because that's how God sees us. He sees us as a masterpiece regardless of what your past says because the enemy wants you to look at and go, he wants you to look at things through the rearview mirror and forget about the windshield. God says, windshield, rearview mirror is just there. Go, okay, cool. See how far you come. I don't spend time. If you drive out of the rearview mirror, you're going to hit somebody for sure. For sure. Game over. It's just, if you're driving out of the rearview mirror, just don't drive around me. We'll be all right. Okay, um, the other thing is, uh, another scripture I have is uh, Colossians 1, uh, 21 through 22. And this goes, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. It's, when I think about it in my human mind, that's crazy. Like, I, I can't even wrap, wrap my head around it. How he could see me as holy, blameless, and without a single fault. Another translation uh, says, puts without a single fault as above reproach, or as without, I think it's above reproach or without reproach, something like that, I'm getting it. Anyways, what it means is having fulfilled all of the law, having never sinned, having never done anything wrong. That's how he sees you. So some other words in that are, he sees you as justified, as righteous, no condemnation, as pure, as forgiven, seated with Christ, set free, complete, a new person, and most importantly, as his son and daughter. I want you to think of any movie that has like royalty in it. And how does the son of the king act when they go into like, another like neighboring area or something are they like no way they do whatever they want they're the son of the king or the daughter of the king no one's messing with them that's in a bad context it's in a worldly context they'll take whatever they want you're the son of the king of kings or daughter of the king of kings don't forget it don't forget it all right so the last thing i have is how you should be how you should respond to that Here's the thing, we're, we're in this world where we're guided by our feelings. I hear so much stuff about feelings. And feelings are great. When they're good feelings, they're great feelings. It's awesome. But the reality is if I did what my feelings told me to do, I wouldn't be talking to you right now because I'd be in jail. I would have probably killed somebody by now, for sure. Because there's been a few people I wanted to kill in my life, for sure. And probably had the opportunity to do it. But I decided not to do what my feelings were telling me to do. We live by choice. We choose we choose to accept what I just said, because this is all in the Bible, that how God sees us, or we can choose to accept the lies that the enemy gives us. I wanna encourage you to choose to accept what God says about you. That's all I got for tonight. Love you guys. Tom Foster, man, can we give it up for him? Oh, you killed it. The central champion of the world, Mr. Warner Peters. How are you? You guys crushed it. My goodness, my goodness. You can sit down. Thank you so much. Uh, just as it's been repeated, I'm going to repeat it and echo it for a third time. I'm incredibly grateful for this church. Incredibly grateful for these pastors, for these leaders that we have, for Pastor Egan Leanne, for John and Becky. They are incredible. I tell you, it is uncommon 
to go to a place where they champion your success just as hard, if not harder, than their own. And that's what happens each and every single day and week in this place. So thank you guys so much. We love you. Our, our, our lives are, are incredible. Well, I figured in the spirit of following suit, you guys are intimidating, Pastor Tom. It's just, my goodness, your shoes are rocking. But um, I, had a, I, I followed your example. Thank you for leading so well. Um, so anyways, the title of my little message is going to be, As I See the Father Do. As I See the Father Do. Uh, now, quick thing. Can I give you the point of the whole message right now? Yeah. Anyone entertain that? You're like, okay, what's the point? I'm going to just give it to you right now. Any of you guys welcome for that? You good? All right, I got about 50% of you. I'm going to give a participation trophy just for being here. So I'll give it to you. The question is this. It's the question. What is the example being followed? What is the example being followed? I want to tell you a story. It is Father's Day, so I figured I might as well tell a Father's Day story, right? Well, yeah, so I'm going to do it. Now, if you don't know my name... My name is Dallas's dad. That's it. Uh, if you don't know that one, you might know me by my other name, Ashley's husband. It's, uh, that's it. It's on my driver's license, birth certificate, it's all there. Uh, that, that's my only two names here, apparently. Uh, but anyway, I, I love my baby girl. I absolutely love my baby girl. Now, I, I wish people, when you have a child and you step in this thing called fatherhood, that they would write a real book that says what really happens when you get a kid. What really happens. Now, Pastor Khan, I'm all for like what you said. I'll do anything for my little girl, except mealtime. They don't tell you this, but my little girl's vicious. She's crazy. She's crazy. You see, I'll come in intentionally after a long day's hard work. I'll come in. I'll make me some food, food I like, food I like to eat. And that means I don't want her to have, but it's food I'm going to eat. And so she comes. I sit down on my couch that I pay for and so I sit down where I want because it's my house. And so what happens is I sit down, I get a pillow. I like pillows. Don't judge me. I like my pillows. So I put the pillow on my lap. I put the plate on the pillow, and I go to town with the fork in my hand. I, I'm going to eat what I eat. But how, why did nobody tell me that my little girl runs in, and Andre, she's like this. She's like, Daddy, wait. Runs into the kitchen, you know, grabs her pink little spoon this big. It's this big. She opens the drawer up to the one beside it, grabs a straw. She grabs that. She comes running back. She says, Daddy, I'll help you. <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. I love you. I, didn't, I, I don't share my food with my wife. I'm not sharing my food with you. But before I could say, before I could say, no, go get your own, I, she's already digging in with that pink spoon and digging it. And it, 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 to put matters to worse, you guys, here's what else she does. She says, Daddy, that's it. Takes my spoon, gives me hers. So I'm a grown man with a pink little spoon. And she finishes off my, my plate that I made, and she eats it. That's my daughter. That's my daughter. She's vicious. Another thing was, I didn't have a good night's sleep this time. And uh, here, here's what happened. I, I wasn't sleeping too good. So I went downstairs. It was on my floor. It was a good floor. And, and so I was stretching. I was stretching my back, stretching my quads. And I was doing all those things. I was looking good. I was feeling good. My daughter comes down. My daughter comes down, and she's like this. She's like, oh, Daddy, I'll do it with you. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So we do the things, and she's, you know, doing it. She's looking over and says, Daddy, I do it too. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm loving it, right? I'm loving it. And so I'm doing, what do you call it, like a downward dog thing? I'm just like really, I'm going after. I'm looking at you, you, because your shirt popped. Uh, 
So, sorry, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out like that. It is flex one time, stitches break. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I love you. But uh, Je- that's why Jess beside you. He the bodyguard. Uh, anyway. Anyway, and so I'm doing the thing, and, and the cutest little thing. And, and so I'm doing my thing. I'm just I'm trying to loosen my body up. And she does it too. And she looks over and says, Daddy, I do what you do. Oh, exactly what I did. I was like, <gasps> and it was in that moment. It was my first, like, real aha father moment. And it, it kind of hit it at me. What's the example being followed? Because here's my little girl just said, Daddy, I do what you do. And I, it, it broke me. Can I suggest to you that Jesus actually had the same moment in his life? He, he actually says something very similar. I want to take you to John chapter 5. Now, before we look at just the one verse, I want to preface it. Jesus coming to town. Jesus is Jesus. We know who Jesus is. So Jesus is in town. It's a Sabbath day. It's a holy day. It's a Sunday in church. That's what that's where he is. He, he's, so he's going around in town. And there's this cool, uh, cool, it's a cool pool, but it's the pool of Bethesda. Huh? It's a cool pool. We'll just call it that. The cool pool. Anyway, at this pool, it was kind of special because this pool, anytime an angel would come down and disturb the waters, the first person in this pool would get healed miraculously. Right? So Jesus, seeing this, he's like, oh, I know that pool. I, I've sent some angels down to this pool. This is what I do. And so he's going around, right? And so he notices it. He notices one guy off in the corner. He's laying on the mat. And, and so he looks at that, and he says, and he's like, and the Bible says that after he determined that he's been here a long time, a long time, he goes up to the man, can't walk, he's paralyzed. He's stuck on this mat. He says, hey, you want to be well? The man responds. He's like, uh, sir? I can't, because anytime the angel come in, it dumps the, they get the water, it stirs up. I can't get there in time because no one put me in there fast enough. So I can't do it because someone else, that guy over there, he got his blessing first. I can't do it because I'm stuck here. I'm lame. Did you see that? And so Jesus responds, completely ignoring the fella, and he says, hey, listen, get up and walk. So, yeah, that's our God. And I love it, too, because the man just gets up, carries his little thing. He's like, I'm off to church. I'm going to do my thing because, hey, this guy's cool. The pastors, the religious people of the day, wouldn't you know what they did? Instead of like praying, amen, like doing a little mm-hmm thing, dance. <laughs> I'm white out. Jesus, hello, somebody. Anyway, get back to it. Pastors got upset. They got upset at this man because somebody healed on the Sabbath. And so they're like, who the man? And this man points out Jesus and did it. And so they confront Jesus. And this is where we get to the verse. And, and he's talking, and he, verse 19. Do we have that? John 5, 19. It says, Jesus explained, to tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only, he does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. Jesus followed an example. I want you to think about this for a moment. He followed an example that was laid out to him. He said, I always see my father working. If you jump up to verse 17, it says, my father is always working. He's always working? What's he working on? You ever think about this? When I read the scripture, I realized, man, Jesus, he's not just savior. He's fully savior. He's not just God, he's fully God, but he's fully son. And I was like, Jesus, you learned 
by example. You think about what God be doing all day? What is he doing? He's working with you. He's working on you. He's working for you. He's partnering with you. Hashtag winning. That's what he's doing. He's working on how do you, how do you gonna see me? How do you see yourself? This is our God. God, he would send the angels to this very pool that he, Jesus is at. He sends the angels so that people get healed. Jesus asked the question, do you want to be healed? That suggests that it, the whole time it was there, the whole time. All you to say, God, I see what you do for that person. And since you're no just favoring of one person, that you're, you're just whoever may come to me, I'm going to follow him. And so I'm, I'm just, bam, I'm going to bless them. Are you catching this, church? Our God is always at work. When you see Jesus, was he partial to anybody? It's whoever may come to me shall inherit eternal life. That's good news for you and I. Because whosoever shall come to him, our God's loving, our God's amazing. My daughter, go back to that stretching moment. I had my aha moment. What's the example being followed? And it was in that moment, I'm like, my goodness, God, I see what you always do with me. You're trying to always grab my attention. And I don't always listen. I said, but I'm going to do the same thing with my daughter. And it's the cutest thing with me. It has been my attention every single day, multiple times a day. I'm going to go, Dallas, Dallas, daddy loves you. She's like, okay, daddy. Does her little thing. We do our little thing. A couple hours later, Dallas, Dallas, daddy loves you. I love you too, daddy. Does her little thing. I'll go on before I'll tuck her in at night. And I'll say, Dallas, Dallas, daddy loves you. I love you too, daddy. Gives me a kiss. I'll do it the next day. Dallas, Dallas, your daddy loves you. I love you too, daddy. Watch what I'm doing. Dallas, Dallas, I love you. I love you too, daddy. See what I can do. Here, daddy, come watch me. Here, daddy, come help me jump. Here, daddy, come. Here, daddy, come. What I find in the example of my daughter, I find in Jesus. Jesus didn't run from God. He ran to God. Jesus was God, absolutely, but he portrays for you and I a relationship with our Father that's undeniable. So I just wanted to ask the question, what's the example being followed in your life? God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. Thank you, church. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 